0: Hello, and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast, where you are joined with myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO content executive at Holland & Barrett, and the wonderful, beautiful, charismatic, ever so knowledgeable Hannah Bryce, SEO manager, also at Holland & Barrett. Why are we called SEO, SAS? Well, we like to think of ourselves as a special answering service when it comes to SEO. Me and Hannah are nerds on this subject and we love nothing more than discussing topics, finding out trends, reporting what's going on in the industry, debating. We also get guests on to talk about other angles and things that we should be aware of. So I suppose what we're trying to do with this podcast is to get everyone, including ourselves, that bit better at SEO. Now, unfortunately, there is no Hannah this week, but do not fret, my friends, because I have lined up a corker of a guest. This week, we have the wonderful Luke Carthy, who is an e-commerce growth consultant with over 14 years in in the industry. So welcome to the show, Luke.
1: Wow, what uh, (laughs) what an amazing intro. Thank you very much.
0: Well, I do, I do my best. I do my best. How are we doing? How is, what day is it? Are we on? How's this Wednesday, Wednesday lunchtime? I don't know. Do we still count
1: days during (laughs) lockdown? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, um, I'm super busy. So I, I literally cannot complain. Um, a good problem to have but no I'm really, really good.
0: Good good and we were sort of discussing our lunches weren't we because obviously we're recording at lunchtime uh, so, so that there wasn't any like rumblings of uh, stomachs going on we both had lunch beforehand <laughs> and we've sort of like are we saying the stinkier the lunch the better the tastier?
1: Yeah something like that it's one of those times where I'm super glad that Covid is actually a thing because um, yeah face-to-face meetings of what I've just eaten would be a crime. I um, mean, so yeah,
0: it's, it sounded it's beautiful. It, sound like...
1: it tasted incredible, but it, the smell, I imagine, is horrendous. But just to clarify, because I was only thinking, what's this guy eating? Yeah. Um, I had like a jacket potato with cheese and tuna, a controversial mix. I know, but it's my thing. Uh, and then washed it all down with a bag of uh, cheese and onion crisps. Um, so, yeah, my breath is probably ridiculously bad. And I'm super glad that I don't have to put you in that kind of position where we're in the same room
0: well i'd be challenging you because i had spring onions with my lunch so you know what (laughs) like bring it on bring it on
1: Oh, onion fest i love it
0: all about the onions right luke so um what we like to do uh is we always like to do a quick fire with our guests just because we think this is a fun cool way to sort of get to know you so the idea here is not to overthink and just say the first thing that comes into your head
1: cool okay
0: first question then what was the last oh i've <laughs> just I'm just really okay. I'm going to stick to it because I planned this before we had our conversation. So, what was the last thing you ate?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, really stinky, really stinky lunch: jacket potato with tuna and cheese. I wish I could show you because the thing was huge, but of course, it's all gone. And I've had cheese many crisps.
0: Moving swiftly on from the stinky conversation, favorite board game?
1: Ah, uh, Monopoly. I oh, know, I oh, know. Don't judge.
0: <laughs> what is something you can't do? backflip <laughs> i mean i would love to say that i can but i'm with you there say a word that begins with h
1: henry no idea where that came from
0: did you say henry
1: henry yeah a name
0: ah, that that's a good name a good traditional name i like it yeah. guilty pleasure
1: chocolate biscuits
0: are we like just normal dairy milk or dark chocolate biscuits or Do you know
1: what we haven't even got to get specific just chuck it on a biscuit and I'm pretty <laughs> <allowed> it. <laughs> call hey. the biscuit slot if you have to
0: <laughs> love it that's uh that's what i should have introduced you as <laughs> what is your favorite song
1: oh uh, wow um i don't think anyone would know it in fact even i don't know it but it's an incredible emotional song and it's urban and it's very i'm going to say something by jennifer hudson just because that's easy and people hopefully can relate to who she is but she's an incredible singer
0: oh my god that woman's voice incredible incredible what unpopular get my words around this one what unpopular opinion do you have
1: do you know what i was debating tweeting this so i'm glad you've asked this question turkey sausages taste better than pork sausages
0: Oh, I mean, I'm a part-time vegan, so I'm probably not the best uh, person to um, get into that with. But I mean, let's see what people say.
1: Yes.
0: Thing yes. <laughs> you're missing most in lockdown? Hugs. Ah, as soon as oh, I,
1: yes, <laughs> I need a. You know, hug. know what I mean? But like, guilt-free, guilt-free kind of just like without having to think about it, just being able to hug somebody. I don't mean like a random stranger who doesn't want it. You know what I mean? But like. <laughs> Um like oh, yes. friends as... and stuff I've just been able to hug and not have to worry about it and just you know seeing pictures of when you were all like within inches of each other and no one was worried and now it's kind of like
0: yeah I mean now you can do elbows but what is that and just as a caveat yeah. um like make sure you get people's permission first before you go hugging <laughs> <laughs> uh, least favourite algorithm update
1: ah this is a very good question um, the first one Whatever. Was that penguin or panda? I don't know. Oh, I don't one know off the
0: top of my head. Um, one, of, one of the animals. One of the animals. Um, awesome. And then the last one, and then you have survived the quickfire. What is better, being organized or attention to detail?
1: Oh, wow. This is a tricky one. Okay, <laughs> being organized or attention to detail. And I'll, I'll even break down the reason why, which I know isn't very quickfire. No,
0: I mean, um, do it.
1: I think... Doing something great, but it's probably better than knowing everything you should be doing.
0: Yes, definitely. I like that.
1: In a nutshell, to be honest, I'm not organized, but I definitely am one for attention to detail. So I am living proof that that works most of the time.
0: I mean this is going a bit off piece but they say um people with a messy desk help like they're the most creative people I've heard I mean that's very sweeping because I'm like people can be organized and creative um but uh yeah I think sort of sort of like not, not like organized mayhem or a bit of mess or a bit of like unorganized can help with creativity maybe I don't know
1: I like that yeah I think there's there's a compromise in everything right bit of mess bit of dust as long as you're not literally like you know got a week's worth of meals on your desk I think you're probably all right
0: can I just say it sounds like you've been well tra- trained talking about compromising
1: <laughs> oh yeah kids so um it's, it's built into my built into my daily routine now I can't get away from it even if I wanted to
0: awesome well I think that was really good and I feel like myself and listeners have like know a bit more about you and what makes you tick so to speak so let's get into like the meaty bit of this podcast then and starting off with tell us a brief overview of yourself and how you got into the wonderful world of digital marketing
1: okay so um you know when kids ask lots of questions when they're young and they're like why does this do this why does that happen um I never grew out of it and I was the kind of person that continued to ask those inquisitive questions. Um, and I love things online. I think I grew up in the, in the, in the boom of broadband when it first came out. Everyone was going mental from two megabyte broadband, but, um, yeah, I, I just kind of loved the internet. I loved, um, e-commerce and I kind of got into it from eBay. So that's where my, my first taste of e-commerce was eBay. Um, and it was just born from there. So that loving computers, loving technology, selling online. Um, And it's just adapted and blossomed and expanded from that point onwards, really.
0: Lovely. And obviously, in my wonderful introduction, now I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, uh, (laughs) but my introduction, I said that you were an e-commerce growth consultant. So to those who aren't sort of familiar um, with that term, can you sort of explain a bit more about what what an e-commerce growth consultant does?
1: Yeah, so... An e-commerce grow consultant, and it, it's just kind of like a title I slapped on myself. It's not, you know, there's not a cluster of these people. So sounds painful. Grow consultant, but uh, yeah, probably does. Um, <laughs> I haven't tattooed it yet, but I thought about it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's basically someone who helps brands, agencies, um, basically sell more products to customers, or identify who their customer is, or you know, they're at a situation where they're either in startup mode and need an aggressive. Uh, strategy to implement to get some real traction in e-commerce or a company that's been stagnant and trading um at a you know a static level if you like and want to go to the next level and how they can do that with technology and the right people the right processes the right teams um, and then equally the opposite side it's kind of like save a sinking ship what the hell do we need to do what you know what things do we need to throw overboard to um to make this easier you know what cutbacks do we need to make what things do we need to invest in and so on. So I am very much a strategic slash implementary uh, consultant who sits in the world of e-commerce.
0: So what what do you enjoy most about being a Uh, e-commerce? I've put this down now and I'm going to stumble on my words every time I try and say this. What do you enjoy about your role? There you go, that's easier.
1: Nice and easy. Um, I love the fact that I am at the helm of change, like I can literally just kind of pinpoint um, and find a problem because, I guess, gut's telling you or you've got the data and evidence to prove that's the case and then being able to kind of walk it through to fruition and prove that that was the thing that, that was causing the problem or the cluster of things that was causing the problem. So for me, it's just big transformation. It's turning a problem into a solution. Um, and I've always been attracted, even before I went into consultancy a year ago, I've always been attracted to those big, dirty, great transformational roles of help. We don't know what digital is, but we know we need it. Mm. Um, and kind of started from scratch and building a digital empire for a business, so yeah, just really big juicy digital transformation change um it's what I love
0: awesome, awesome, and I love the word of juicy there uh yeah. so so today. Uh, We got you on to talk about e-commerce and conversion rate optimization now, um, or CRO is it's the acronym, if that's the right way of using that. Um, But uh, yes, so obviously conversion rate optimization, that's a term that's similar to SEO. That's a term that sort of gets banged around um, a bit. So, I mean, what is the, what's the sort of best way for you to explain to our listeners and audience what that is?
1: yeah sure so it's it's i keep saying the word basically it's my favorite go-to word to try and distill something down and i really need to get out of the mindset <coughs> of using it. but um what it is is try not to say basically but it's taking as much traffic as possible and sweating it and making sure that you get as much output as possible um in it's really simple terms so in that you know in it's specifically in e-commerce how do you get um More traffic to turn into more sales. And it doesn't necessarily have to be immediate sales. It could be leads. It could be, um, entries, data collection, whatever your goal or end result, desirable end result is. That's, uh, conversion. That's ultimately conversion. So, you know, I'm in there to help remove resistance, um, to, you know, customer challenges, make things easier, add new functionality to make customers want to part with their cash a little bit better. Um, lots of different things but in its its simplest form it's turning more traffic into more revenue
0: And at the end of the day that's what you want isn't it like if you've got a a business it like you can't i think traffic is important but you're not going to survive if you're not converting are you you need money at the end of the day you can't pay bills with traffic (laughs) can you
1: exactly you can't unless you're in that that model of just you know Ads, you're selling ads or, or oh dynamic yes. space, but for most of us you're quite right you can't yes. pay the gas bill with traffic <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd be an interesting conversation with your gas company wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> so um what would you say are the biggest challenges when it comes to cro
1: you know what as with so many things in the world of technology technology is not the biggest challenge it's people and process um and i think with seo as much as I love SEO, and I, I'm very much kind of like a hybrid between conversion and, and organic growth. Um, but with SEO, it's, it's more understood, more aware of, you know, people realize that they want more traffic, or that's where people start. I think they need more traffic, and they come out, and so say, look, I need an SEO agency um, or an SEO person in-house. CRO is a little bit more unknown. Um, it's a little bit more of an underdog, and it's it's less understood. So even to the point where even you were introducing this code, or um, introducing our, our session together and you said CRO and how to break it down. It's how so many people do it, but SEO is just an acronym that everybody kind of understands in that space. Um, but I think the biggest thing with, with CRO is getting that buy-in and getting people to believe in the process uh, and really putting some money and, and capital behind it to make a difference. But I'd say, yeah, people, process and confidence are the biggest challenges that face um, CRO.
0: Is there ever um, challenges about getting buy-in as well? Because one of the challenges that I sort of come across in SEO is um, people not 100% understanding how important it is. And sometimes people see it as a nice to have when SEO should definitely be sort of entwined in everything that you do from, like, from strategy to what you're doing. You need to, SEO, like... Like everything else, it needs to all sort of be one big oily machine that's working together. Um, so, do you ever have challenges with people like getting people bought on or brought in? Yeah,
1: to- it's definitely such a big problem because, um, and a lot of people, a lot of companies and people I've worked with will almost kind of assume it's the same thing, um, you know, in that, hold on a minute, you know, I don't, what, they, what they're asking for is more traffic but that's not what they want um and it kind of comes down to that features and benefits matrix that we're all told about in in marketing where you like people ask for seo but that's not what they want they want is to have more sales and more conversion and more exposure at the other end Uh seo is just the 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 catalyst to get there um you know so um it's it's so many people will say well hold on a minute isn't that part of seo and in many ways, you could argue, and you it, it, it can divide it and slice it in many different ways, you could argue that CRO is absolutely a part of SEO. Any good SEO worth of salt would understand that traffic without um, conversion is pointless and it's just mm. a waste of money. Um, but they are almost, you know, they are practically independent. But to kind of answer your question on whether there's resistance to buying, absolutely. Um, but a lot of CRO as well doesn't have to just be the the... the the typical way of seeing things, which is normally, you know, people go A-B tests. It's like the first thing mm. when you think about CRO. But, you know, CRO could also be identifying things that are broken. So if you've got discount codes that don't work, for example, or buttons that aren't very clear, um, or things that work right on certain devices, or even speed enhancements, you know, which again is where you start to muddy the water between what is SEO, what is UX, what is CRO. Um but the way I like to explain it, if I was having a conversation with yourself, Sarah, and you was like one of my clients or I was, you know, pitching, um, I'd be selling this as e-commerce optimization as an entire package rather than going down the discipline of SEO, CRO, UX speed, because they don't care necessarily about what makes it work. They just want to know that at the end of me investing this capital and time, I'm going to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, and I love to use an analogy. Which Hello. Is, when you walk into a car supermarket and let, or, you know, to go and buy a car, unless you are a massive petrol head, you don't really care what's under the bonnet. You don't really care about the cubic meters of boot capacity. You don't really care about how much PSI you should put on the tires and what its curb weight is. Um, what you care about is whether you can get all your kids in it, whether you can get your luggage in it, what the miles per gallon is and whether it's a nice color and whether it's, you know, it's got to meet your needs. And it's exactly the same thing when you think about S. It's like. SEO and CRO is what's under the bonnet, but ultimately your, your client or your customer needs to buy into the vehicle, which is what is it they get when they spend that money with yourself. And it's not SEO that they want, it's not CRO that they want, it's knowing that they can get more customers, more market share, more sales, more leads, et cetera, more efficiency and so on.
0: That's a really lovely way. Like we, on this podcast, we do love an analogy and so much so um, like, If Hannah was here, I'd get you to sort of like have an analogy, sort of head to head, uh, because she she is like she's really good (laughs) at coming up with analogies too. So much so that we call them henalogies. (laughs) Brilliant, Uh, but yeah. um, So going back to your point about you saying um, part of CRO is fixing things, um, I so you were in. Simon Schneider's Mastering In-House SEO book. Yes. And you absolutely. shared, I mean, I'll let you sort of share this because I'll obviously back, uh, like butcher it sort of thing, but you shared an example of that where there was a um, quite, like obviously it was amazing that you came across it and you identified it, but it was a quite... Um, straightforward change that actually um, fixed a process, a payment process, wasn't it? And that yeah. sort of resulted in loads of more sales. And, uh, could you just like give a brief more into into what I'm trying to explain here?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. And I think before I jump into that, um, if I explain, you know, so if, if me, me and yourself are in agency. And there was SEO specialists, there was CRO specialists, UX designers, you know, content marketers, that kind of stuff. would be not arguing, but there'd be a discussion about which part that particular fix falls into, whether that's an SEO fix, whether that's a UX fix, a web design fix. And actually the client doesn't care. Like if you had a report which said, Oh, actually the SEO budget fixed that, so therefore they generally don't care. They're paying your retainer to do something. The, the fact that you found it as a collective business is what they care about, not whether it was SEO and this is probably more of my in-house head talking than agency side, to be honest because it's kind of like um it's fixed great we're making more money brilliant no one ever asked the question which department was was responsible for it they might ask which person you know to try and give some commendation but to briefly explain what happened here so um this has been an issue for when i worked in-house for a number of years a number of years and we could never quite fix it but Several times a week would have customers calling to say, I'm at the checkout, stuff in my basket. I know there's money in my, in my account because I've used it this morning or I've checked my balance or whatever, um, and I can't pay. Just not taking the money. And what would happen is at the checkout, um, when you try to pay, it would say um, something on the lines of error, yada, yada, yada. Uh, please contact customer services on phone number. Now, what muddied the water somewhat is the where I used to work had a fairly mature demographic. Um, so sort of 50 plus rural areas, poor internet speeds, and people just used to wrap that experience into, um, basically computer virgins, right? So they're not particularly good with stuff online and therefore they're just falling over or punching in the wrong numbers. What a huge misassumption that was. Um, but after some digging and some data mining and, and kind of research into to out what it was, the problem was simply the fact that instead of um, telling customers that actually they've punched in the invalid card number, we showed, showed them some terrible generic message, which basically told them to get lost and call customer services. So what we did was change the copy from whatever it was to um, invalid card number, please check and retry, and overnight, it was £30,000 uplift in, in sales uh, on a daily basis. Like, it's just that. And that that is absolutely CRO in my mind because you're mm. improving conversion. Um, it's not necessarily going to – this is more talking towards the technical side of the, of the listeners. But it's not necessarily an SEO issue in the strictest sense because SEO focuses on acquisition. Mm. Um, I'd probably say it's not a channel marketing thing because channel marketing, again, focuses on acquisition via different channels. Um, and you could argue that some of it's at the end with trying to, you know, uh, get people to return baskets or random baskets to come back and spend some money. But this should really be copywriting. It could be web dev. It could be UX. But, yes. Um, I did
0: think UX when you were sort of saying that. I was like, hmm.
1: yeah, it, it could absolutely be UX, but where does UX start and stop? You know, <laughs> not all companies have that resource and UX is an even more difficult discipline to try and get buying for. Yes. Um, for companies, let alone SEO and CRO. It's it's the kind of, I'm going to really dumb it down and be quite through with it, but it's the arty-farty way of making things look clever and easy to use and intuitive, right? Mm. Um, how do you sell that? Like with SEO, the end result is more traffic, more sales. With CRO, you know, the end result is that increased traffic will turn into more sales. Yeah. With UX, it's easier to use, um, <laughs> which will hopefully result in more sales, but it's it's that less tangible I yeah. And
0: way. and at the end of the day, sadly, people and businesses and um they need tangible. And as much as UX is very, very important, um, it's kinda yeah, you can kind of see why there is a bit of like not that not that I'm saying that it never gets buying and people do buy into it, um, but it does take a bit more um with UX. I mean yeah. That That's really interesting. Um, so I'm going to move because uh, time is flying. Time is flying. It really is. <laughs> um So the next question then is, what would you say are or is the most important? Right. Okay. So let me just get my head around what I'm asking you here. So obviously, um, when we're talking about CRO, it's obviously a no brainer that you're measuring conversions but obviously conversions can be quite broad in a sense Mm -hmm. so is that what other things should you be what comes under that or what other things should you be measuring
1: yeah so conversions is one that we go to by default and i say we as in marketers we're all obsessed with the sales we have and we're all obsessed with um checkout fall off um especially in, obviously in e-commerce, but what we're not very good at is identifying the reasons why um, and being able to highlight the particular sales opportunities we've lost. So we you know, we look in GA and we see these top-level birds on reports that say, our basket conversion rates like, I don't know, 12% of people, everyone that goes to the checkout converts at 12%. Um, and we kind of just leave it, right? And then we start making some annotations and connotations about how we should improve the checkout to make it better and easier without really even thinking about why that, what's on that like, 88% mm. of people didn't check out. And it's that that's really important. So it's, it's great to kind of maximise that 12. Um, but actually the question that I like to kind of ask is actually, how do we reduce that 88? Um, and that comes with user research. That comes with um, using the example I used with, uh, with the previous in-house employment uh, what area messages are people seeing at the checkout? Is there a consistency between the number of items or the, item, the specific items people have in their basket when they don't purchase? So maybe there's a technical error with the product configuration. Um, you know, things like this. And these can kind of just lead you down rabbit holes then go and find and chase after some of the things. Um, hmm. but this is kind of where I feel I'm a hybrid between SEO and CRO because I don't want to put the whole CRO industry in a, in a bucket and in a pigeonhole. Um, but typically, CRO is very much about testing. It's about um, granular enhancements and testing variant A versus variant B. And as much as that's great, that's not the side of CRO that I like to spend my time in because I find it really difficult to measure. Mm. Um And even that forget measurability like the politics of trying to control the merchandising teams and not release things and the seo team (laughs) it's 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 a it's a whole a whole mood just to try and work out how the hell you deploy a b tests and and make sure that the data is actually healthy and and consistent um but i love the cro which is which is basically black and white this is a problem this is a friction point this is a challenge we need to fix it Mm. um I'll give you another really simple, really quick, perfect example, discount codes and case sensitivity. I see this so often um, where, you know, you've, someone's put out a really cool discount code of like uh, X was 10 or Black Friday 20 or something like that. Um, but it only works in a certain case um, and just little things like that. Again, you, there's no point A-B testing that because you know it's technically broken. Just fix it so that all case variants uh, of Black Friday 20 will be accepted um and, and just little things like that and it's that granular, uh minuscule changes that all add up to over the months weeks and years of kind of you know increases in conversions and increases in adoption and um more customers kind of using you over a competitor because you are start to have easy to use or more convenient or mm. no. yeah at,
0: at the end of the day that's what customers want convenience isn't it so yeah um yeah so That leads me, but your point about discount goes, leads me very nicely onto my next question. So uh, it's like it was fate. Um, So (laughs) do you have any sort of pet hates um, that you come across on websites where uh, it's obvious that it's a, I don't know, like a conversion tactic? um, But any sort of pet hates, anything that makes you cringe, anything that makes you go, oh, I can see what they're doing, but that's really yeah anything
1: yeah there's so many but i want to keep it narrow um okay
0: I'll, I'll make give me your top 3
1: top 3 okay so one is is pop ups right so um i i appreciate that the law is a sensitive area in terms of like you know asking for opt in to be tracked i get that that's one thing um then you get the pop ups whether they can put you know whether they can send you push notifications like why would i want that no uh-huh. Um, and then you get the pop-up asking if you want 10% off your first order from your customer, and you're like, oh, my God, just leave me alone. Then you get the chatbot that pops up and says, hey, can we help you with anything? And you're like, I can't close it now because also the privacy policy thing has popped up over the top. And it's just before you know it, it's like AOL, and you've been hacked, and you've got like <laughs> a pop-up malware thing that is just all blown up, right? You've just got pop-ups on pop-ups. Um, they they are my pet peeve. Okay. So, that's,
0: so much. That's going. <sighs> what, what was that show? That's going into Room 101. <laughs> Pop-ups. It was, Pop is up. that the show? Room 101 where they used to put, um, I talk about something that's going at night. I'm just blabbing here.
1: I don't know. I mean, if it's not, we should make it happen.
0: No, there was a TV program where like celebrities would come on and they would say what their pet hates were and it get put into Room 101. Um, anyway. I I've never
1: seen it, but I'm going to Google it. When we're <laughs> I'm going to find out what you're talking about. And i mean, I'll I could, you and let you know.
0: There are many times where I just go off on tangents and make
1: stuff up. So anyway, <laughs> number two. Um, number two, um, getting internal or external promotions for items that are out of stock.
0: Okay. Like, you
1: just not do that. Um, it used to happen so much at the place I used to work. And it's a challenge. I'm not going to try and pretend that people do this sort of stuff on purpose. You know, If a campaign's gone really well. And it's sold through in the first, you know, week, and it's a month-long campaign. Um, then it's stressful, right? Because you then kind of have to think of something else to put in its place. But um, yeah, again, yeah. it's
0: a nice stress to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything's sold out. What do we do? Good problems. Um, what else do I have? Inconsistencies in pricing, um, and uh, these are very e-commerce centric because it's just on the tip of my tongue at the moment, as that's what kind of my life at the moment. Um, but yeah, inconsistencies in pricing. So you will see a price advertised somewhere. So potentially in PLAs or Google Shopping, and then you get to the site and it's more expensive. Right. Um, and you'd be amazed at how many times this can happen. And I'll give you a bonus one.
0: Okay. Um, this We're is very much one. in
1: um in, in business to business, and it's if you search for a product code or a part number, um, yeah. or something you know that that specifically denotes a very specific skew and you've got no results found like can we just not do that can we just make sure it's easy for customers to type in a SKU or a part code and get what they want
0: let's keep luke happy people stop doing that
1: (laughs) yeah we'll get really upset and just start ranting at people Uh,
0: so um okay next question then is what is the best or smartest thing that you've seen on a website in in terms of like convert conversion and um you know
1: what i like this um so it's a bit difficult to kind of give it out there without context. I'll be brief on how I explain it, but um, I am a petrol head. Uh, okay. I think I've mentioned that word a couple of times, but that's why it normally stems from all my knowledges. Um, but engine oil for cars is a, like, it's it's so difficult. It's there's just so many different oils, so many different specifications to choose and all that kind of stuff. But there's a website called OP Oils, and they have a absolutely fantastic personalisation model to the point where it is beyond scary. So every email I get from them is personalized. And I don't just mean personalized like Lase, kind of it's got my name in it. I mean, um, the engine oil brands that I buy are littered all over this email. The specification of oil I need, which if anyone is listening is also a petrol head, L L 4 Good um, to know, good to specification, know. specification, the actual grade, the time of my service is, is considered like when i bought this thing a year ago obviously services typically come around every 12 months they send me another email saying i think you're ready to buy some oil like it's really uncanny how well personalized on a one to one level it is and i find it really inspirational and i use it in so many case studies because i just think it's incredible
0: Awesome. Okay, well, I'll link out like everything that we sort of spoke about today. Um, I'll link out to you so people can go check that out. Um, last question, and then it's time because an SEO, SAS podcast is not an SEO, SAS podcast without a feature. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so the last question before we get on to that is, um, can you recommend uh, sort of resources, articles that people can check out and read more about CRO?
1: Yeah, so CXL, um, is a really, really good website just to, even, even if you're not after anything specific, just to go and window shop some content. I think that's a really cool place to start. Um, what else have we got? We've got e-consultancy as well as a holistic sort of digital marketing, e-commerce, um, resource that you need to go and take a look at. Um, and yeah, I normally back between those two, um, those two, those two pieces. Then it just kind of stems from there, but good place to start.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that I'll link out and then people can go check that out. Now I've had a wonderful, I thought, I think this episode has been really key and really good. I think it's, it's definitely a valuable one for our listeners. Um, so thank you very much. Are you ready for this week's feature? yes okay so what i want you to do is give me two facts and one lie about yourself could be anything so two real facts and one lie and you you get a point so you win if i choose your lie so does that make sense
1: it does make sense
0: Okay, mine are a bit, I don't know, a bit weird.
1: Looks <laughs> are weird as well. It wouldn't be me if they weren't weird, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, soon as you're the guest, I'll let you decide. Would you like to go first with your facts or do you want me to go first?
1: I'll, I'll go first because I feel okay. like they're going to be, yeah. And then I can't, I can't take back or anything like that. So, okay. Um, right, so I'm just going to yeah, fact number one, I once spent an evening with Beverly Knight um fact number two, uh I once died on an operating theatre table and clearly came back to life. And three, um, I cannot code to save my life.
0: Okay, can you run that then pass me again? Yes. One last time.
1: Is this part of, is this is this like part of the test, See if the bullshit <laughs> one is repeated properly? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. I just
0: need to get my head into what you're saying.
1: It's kind of like when you ask someone for a phone number that you really like, and then you ask them to repeat it, which (laughs) is completely different. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So I once spent an evening with Beverly Knight. Yeah. Um, I once died and clearly came back to life. And uh, I can't write. I can't code to save my life.
0: Right. Okay. Let me... So... Oh, these are good ones. I mean, there have been people who have died. Like, Because I'm guessing when you're saying you've died, your heart has stopped, hasn't it? Um, I don't know.
1: I then, mean, now you're digging around for clues. So. I know,
0: I really <laughs> am, aren't I?
1: Um,
0: I'm going to go with... Oh, I don't know. See, I have the feeling that you can do... Hmm, what am I going to go with? This is really, really tricky. Um, I'm going to go with The Beverly Knight. That's your lie.
1: Okay. No.
0: What's true. your lie?
1: My lie is. Um, hold on a minute. Oh, my lie is I can't write a line of code.
0: So you can. Oh, hold on a
1: minute. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can I've literally <laughs> in. Yeah, I can write a line of code. I'm not a developer by any means, but I can write a line of code. <laughs>
0: but so you spent a night with Beverly Knight and you've died and come back to life
1: yeah just to clarify because I know SEO Twitter is savage right me and Beverly Knight did not have a thing I don't want that getting to the press <laughs> alright because I forget I forget you know I'm just i having such a really cool conversation with you I'm imagining we're in a pub yes it's just me and you and we're having a chat and we're throwing secrets around when I say I spent a night with Beverly Knight I mean I got to see her backstage and we had like a really cool chat after one of her gigs I think it was in Nottingham um, some ah. years ago, but not like actually spent the night you know like, like wink wink kind of. I
0: mean choose I your like. words you went there first didn't you you said spent the night so people are going to you know uh, imagine wild wild stuff okay get are
1: you
0: ready for mine
1: I'm ready I okay
0: I interviewed comedian Marcus Brigstock
1: uh, okay
0: I used to play the clarinet okay I can say the alphabet backwards.
1: Oh,
0: man. So what? which one do you think is a lie?
1: Oh, okay. So the celebrity you mentioned, I have no idea who that is.
0: You don't know who Marcus Brickstock is?
1: No, I'm going to Google him. Oh my Marcus. God, he is
0: a hilarious comedian with a beard. Married to Rachel Paris, another comedian
1: you kind of given it away that you might have interviewed him there. Oh,
0: interested. the scene. You oh.
1: You see? You
0: did you that see? on
1: purpose. I didn't, but you just played right into it. He looks... um Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognise him. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Alphabet Backwards as You Lie. Oh,
0: you're right.
1: Woo-hoo. Do you know what gave it away? The fact that you just went full, like, actual fangirl for Marcus then. And that, that's, for me, what gave it away.
0: Would you repeat that one at first?
1: Probably probably yeah, just because I didn't have a clue who it was until I so technically you could you could say you could say I'm I'm disqualified for using Google, but um I mean yeah
0: I am the Quizmaster.
1: You so, are, so you it's know, in your
0: And you should butter up the quizmaster really, shouldn't you?
1: I should, but you know, I've just had you know, it's um it's been a long lunch, I'm tired, you know. <laughs> what other excuses do you want? <laughs>
0: Um, I'm sad to say that that brings us to the end of this week's I've just dropped my pen uh, so I do apologize everyone but that brings us to the end of this week's SEO SES podcast thank you very much for joining us Luke
1: I've really enjoyed it thanks for having me It's been a lot of fun
0: good so if people want to find you see what you're doing read the awesome stuff that you're putting out there where where are you where can they find you
1: uh they can probably find me at a Beverly night concert so I just have to throw that in there I'm so sorry um you're not sorry fi- <laughs> you're not sorry <laughs> I'm never sorry I am sometimes <laughs> 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 okay so I answer your question um they can find me they can find me I'm just google my name Luke Carthy. I'm on Twitter Mr Luke Carthy. um you can find me whenever we have conferences again and I'll probably be at all of them because I'll be missing them greatly uh but yeah google me find me i've got a blog i ramble on stuff and uh yeah study my dms my dms are open if anyone's got any questions i want to put my brains or anything i just wants to ask me some questions then feel free to do so
0: if beverly knight is listening can you slide into his dms please
1: <laughs> i'm so sorry beverly if you are listening and you do get a backlash on the back of this i apologize all right um could you imagine if she is though could you imagine if she's like actually training to be an SEO oh that'd be
0: amazing I mean I mean great that she's picked uh, my podcast (laughs) mine and Hannah's podcast but anyway yes so um, where can you find SEO SES so we are on Twitter SEO underscore SES me and Hannah are personally on Twitter Hannah is SEO SES Hannah I am Sarah MCD UK or Sarah McDuck we're both on LinkedIn you can drop us an email if you want to say hi suggest coming on as a guest if you just want to say some nice things to us we very much appreciate that um that email address is hello at seosespodcast.com um oh and if you first time listening and you quite like the sound of us please do subscribe because that would be ever so awesome if you're feeling that little more generous a review would also be very much welcomed and appreciated and i think that is everything so luke what is your final wise words of wisdom
1: okay um okay you said final words and now i just want to kind of give like this thing this whole thing but what i will say is um when you make things fast because everyone's under pressure to make everything faster um, make sure the rest of the business is prepared for you to go fast. And what I mean by that is I once worked at a company where we made the website as fast as possible and then the whole business fell over because their ERP could not handle the speed of the site. And for anyone who's wondering what an ERP is, it's basically the database that controls pricing, stock, availability, distribution, that kind of stuff. Um, awesome. It completely so- fell over
0: so fast isn't or what, what's the what's the overview the, what's the synopsis fast
1: isn't yeah the available. synopsis of that is if you've got to make something fast make sure everybody's prepared for the new speed lovely Everyone is
0: and my last wise words is be kind to one another stay safe out there and continue to learn as much stuff as you can right until next time goodbye for now
1: thank you